the following episode of Dave's Video Graveyard contains spoilers and naughty words. Listener discretion is advised. Of all the radio shows in the world, this is definitely one of them. Dave's Video Graveyard on 100.5 Wow FM. Okay. You people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the prison. It is 100.5 Wow FM. A good evening to you. I'm your host, Dave, taking you through Dave's video graveyard for another Monday night. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you, whatever you may be doing. Don't forget, if you enjoy what you hear this evening, you can join in the conversation tonight. Dave's video graveyard on Wow FM. Simply find us on Twitter facebook or instagram let us know where we've gone wrong where we've gone right and hopefully you're having a great night now this evening it is a guest choice special and i'm joined by a very special guest he is the host of the adelaide horror podcast we are joined by none other than zombie joe zombie joe how are you hey dave how you going hi everyone thanks for having me on thank you so much for being here it's so cool to be here tell everyone you know, until about four or five years ago, none of us knew what podcasts were. Yep. I know I didn't. Yep. I only started listening about three years ago. Yeah. Um, tell us all about your podcast. How did it start and uh, what's it all about? Yeah. Um, so my horror podcast is a monthly uh, themed podcast where I just review um, my favorite horror movies uh, in a themed format. So I look at like the major titles of a horror film and then I'll look at the ones that are slightly a little bit left from those ones um, that are just as good but didn't get the popularity uh, at the time so yeah that's pretty much the podcast awesome yeah awesome uh weekly uh it's now monthly monthly uh, just yep. because it work, work. yeah yep. <laughs> and other stuff so yeah of course yeah. um so you know it, it is really it's such a great outlet that basically the passions we've always had we can now celebrate them online and share them with others, which yep. is such a cool thing to do. Yep. And I was really interested with your podcast because it's not just movies. It, it's a very, even though it's such a broad range spectrum that is horror. Yep. How do you go about, uh, well, basically you as a film watcher, are you someone that found horror later and have always loved movies or is horror something you found early? What's your story when it comes yep. to horror? Yeah, yeah. So horror was early for me, um, but I like more kooky, spooky stuff. So um, anything in the library that had something yes, was a dark, yes. dark, yeah. That used to really get my attention out of all the songs we used to sing. And so I think that's where it started. Um, it, it's funny you say that. That That's very similar to my versions, well, my love of horror when I was younger. Yeah. You know, the likes of Trapdoor, yeah. the likes of Megan Mogg. Yeah. I used to love those books. Yeah. I used to constantly borrow Where's Wally from the library at, yep. at school yep. and go to the Transylvania page and draw all the little Draculas wow. and all that. I just, I was, wow. I loved the imagery. And yep. then I was also a huge sook when it comes to horror movies. Yeah. Horror movies scared me so yeah, much. Yeah. It wasn't, honestly, I can comfortably say all these people that say, I grew up watching The Evil Dead and all this other stuff. Yep. It was 2002 before I wasn't too scared to watch horror yep. movies. And I know yep. that for a fact. Yeah. Because the only reason I watched two horror movies back to back, I went on a date with a girl it for had the first time. It was the only reason you get <laughs> yeah. me in the cinema to see a horror film. Yeah. And I saw Scream 2 back to back with Alien Resurrection. Wow. And uh, it wasn't a great date because yeah. uh, I was terrified of the movie. Yeah. So nothing, you know, there was nothing else going on that evening. But 
Yeah, it, it's really cool because horror was almost an outcast subset of film love yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. Even to this day, the likes of the Oscars and the awards, mm. still Doesn't too scared to touch it. Yep. You know, yep. hopefully things are changing with the likes of Get Out and stuff. Yeah. But um, have you always loved horror? Like, yep, o- obviously you said about when you... Uh, yeah, it's always it's always kind of been my go-to um, or the, what I've been always interested in. So you'll go into the library, you look at the scary book, I'll gravitate towards that. Or VHS stores, you'd go straight to the, to the scary section and see... You know, and because I was growing up in the mid '80s, we had all those classic title artwork on the VHS yes, tapes that yeah. was more nightmare fuel than the movie itself. I do love, and I, I will say, the independent horror is keeping the matte painting alive. Yes, when it comes to those, because back in the day, all the classics had the big, you know, like the big movie studio painted front cover. Yeah. So you know, I think of things like The Thing, John yep. Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. um, but then. Still to this day, because of like the likes of the big movement of like um, everyone getting into exploitation horror when it mm. comes to Grindhouse and stuff. Mm-mm. Now you get like you know all the sub sub like um, hobo with a shotgun and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Have those really mm. amazing classic style covers and mm. horror just does it better than anyone else. I think. That, yeah, yeah. Because they push that boundary that the other cinema guys wouldn't want to touch. Um, and they got a, it gives you that luck, that kind of license to really kind of push the boundary as much as you can um, without be, being completely banned. But yeah. like, yeah, that, that's why it's good. Um, so you mentioned Video Store earlier. Are there some VHS covers that stood out to you that stick in your mind? Uh, yes. So Sleepaway Camp can, used to confuse me because I was thinking, geez, that, that poor person with the missing sneaker and why is there a knife through it like yeah. because i was a kid like i didn't get what was going on but as as i grew older i was then reading the letter at the back going you know dear mum and dad i'm not coming back you know and i was like oh okay what's <laughs> going on here so um and then eventually i saw the movie and i got the whole thing and i loved everything about it it all clicked and made sense uh evil dead 2 with the skull skull with me, the like, human yeah, idols. And i was like oh what's going on there um it, it creeped me out, but it used to make me laugh at the same time. I used to find that funny. Fright Night terrified me. That was a massive cardboard cutout. And it was coffin-shaped. I remember the VHS at our yeah. local had the coffin-shaped We VHS. had a big cardboard square, cardboard kind of cutout. Yep. Yep, standy thing. It would have been about six foot easy because my dad walked past it, and it was almost the size of him. But it was that smiling woman, that fog behind the yes. behind the house, and I was just I, every time I looked at it, I used to look down at the floor because it just it just terrified me, man. And that that just that pretty much uh, was a huge trope of the horror covers that we're talking mm-hmm. about, like the the eyes in the sky yep. over the little thing, and like yep. it kept going. And I remember like things like Wes Craven's The People Under the Underneath the Stairs, yes, that had the big skull above the little yep. tiny house, yep. and it, it's just. It's a dying art form, I think. Mm. And like I said, independent horror seems to be keeping it alive. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you get your Marvel, which is all just photoshopped with rainbow colours and Mm-mm. Star Wars. Even Star Wars posters aren't painted anymore. Yeah, They're all no, just it's photoshopped. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So you had to come up with a list of 10 all-time favourite films. Mm. Every week I'm told by guests how hard it is. I've never had to do it, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How did you go? It was fun. It was fun... Not hard, but I was like, okay, because I liked so many films, I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of crunch it down to 10. And then I thought, well, okay, I'll look at the stuff that 
I liked growing up and and really took my interest. So the ten that I picked were the no, Goonies. No, we'll, we'll get to them tonight. Ooh, we, okay, we, we, sorry, we I was jumping d- ahead. Yeah, don't get too far ahead. <laughs> what are some honourable mentions that didn't make the ten? Can you think of any? Uh, Dick Tracy and Spaceballs. Nice. And Dora last week. So yeah, very yeah. very great episodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, both great movies and both very different as well. Mm. Was there anything else that just didn't make the 10? No, this was this was the 10 that made it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as you know, we've sent you the high fidelity quiz where we get to know a bit about you as a film watcher. Yep. So what was your local video store growing up? So in the collection over the years, I had eight, but the top three, the first one was, I can't remember the if it was whether like a movie land or whatever, but it's at the where Brunelli's Cafe is on Glenburn Road. Um, and yeah, so that's where it used to be back way in the early eighties. And then that finished and then up the road from that, there was, uh, um, where was that? It's on the corner of Glenburn road and Paynham road. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 And so where Brunelli's cafe is one half of that used to be the video shop initially. Uh, yeah. used to walk down. There was like a step I remembered to get in and you know, they had the naughty corner where they had the actual nice, beads. Yeah. I remember the beads, oh, but not iconic. As a kid, don't know what the beads were, but I was just fascinated with the beads and didn't know what was actually inside that area because I was still a bit too young. But uh, yeah, so that was the first video shop. And then up from that was um, on, uh, what have we got here? It's now Anytime Fitness on Lower Northeast Road. So I had many lives. It was a, it was a video shop, then a chicken shop, then it went back to Blockbuster, and now it's a fitness uh, center. So it's, yeah, it's had many lives. Down so. on Goodwood Road, I reckon it's Colonel Light Gardens. There was this corner store. Yep. And it was a video shop. Yep. Then it was a Barnacle Bills. <laughs> then yep. it was a video shop again. Yeah. Then it was a um, Curves Gym. Yeah. Then it was a Blockbuster yep. for about 18 months. Wow. And to this day, I'm guessing it's probably, I think it's a chemist now. But yeah. there's just, it's so funny. We lived in a time like, you know, through the 80s and the 90s. Mm. Every corner store, every little street, every little suburb had their own little mum and pop stores tucked yep. away video shops. Yep. Now they're all gyms. Yeah. It's it's the way the world has changed. Yeah. It's uh, so funny. Um, all right. Next question. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look. Pretend you're 10 years old, mm-hmm. which, of course, you're not far off. You, I'm, it, I'm we know now. that you're only 11. <laughs> what was your favorite TV show? Uh, TV show for me, there was a few. So there was Agro and there was Alf, uh, Full House, Hey Dad, and then there was Rage and Come On Kids. Nice. Nice. Mm. Questionable name, but yes, very good show. Yeah. That was Marty the Monster, wasn't it? Yeah. He was the, yes. Yes. What was your favorite ice cream? Uh, mine was Buffalo Bill or Canetto's. Nice. A classic. Anytime yeah. Buffalo Bill gets mentioned. That or Rainbow Paddle Pop. Yeah. Timeless classics. Yep, yep. Uh, your favorite junk food as a kid? Favorite junk food was Hungry Jack's or Macca's. Oh, man. How boring. I was boring. just grateful to get either one. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed it when I could. <laughs> favorite book as a kid? Uh, yeah, it was R.L. Stein, The Babysitter, and R.L. 1989 is when I first got introduced to R.L. Stein. So, yeah. yeah. I used to read the Choose Your Own Adventures, but yep. never quite understand how to do them. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this makes no sense. Yeah, yeah no. Um, and your favorite toy as a kid? Uh, G.I. Joe. Nice. Yeah. And we're not talking the American big, like, no, big gym style ones. The little ones, mini the ones with the helicopters and the boats. and yeah. Awesome. Did yeah. you have many? Uh, I did. I had a f- I had a collection of figurines. Uh, yeah. I remember if I did well in my spelling each week, I got a GI Joe. So I think my 
My parents kind of regretted that deal, but like, <laughs> I remember I did well in spelling. A GI Joe was about seven bucks when we were yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. But a packet of corpse, the Leonard yeah, yeah, corpse, yeah. was five dollars, and you yeah. got six of them, yeah. a couple motorbikes, and heaps yeah, of weapons. Yeah, yeah. So all my GI Joes grew up having corpse weapons because yeah. they were cheaper, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. you're allowed to have them a lot more often. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're in charge of picking a new Mount Rushmore of actors or actresses. Yes. Who gets a run? Uh, Morgan Freeman, Vincent Price, Al Pacino, Clint Eastwood. Nice, nice. That is a very distinguished list. Yeah. Was there anyone that almost made it on? Uh, well, I was I was kind of debating other stuff uh, through the actors and actresses, but then I kind of pulled away from it and said, right, who does a really good and bad character yep. at the same time who can pull it off very easily and be convincing in both roles? And those were the guys that came... Head. Even though Clint Eastwood's never really played a bad guy, but he's played someone pretty close. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Would you prefer to watch a movie at home or at the cinemas? Oh, cinema. Yeah, yeah you're a big cinema going. Yeah. When you do go, what's your food of choice? Uh, it's, it's, I get teased about it, but it's uh, a large Coke, a large popcorn, and a chalk mint. A chalk mint chalk top. Oh, that's a yes. classic. Yeah, Whoever's yeah. teasing you about that, you need to get better friends because yeah. that <laughs> is a classic lineup. That is just yeah. a sophisticated evening at it's the It's like reverse the truck in and get all the snacks with Joe. Because you know, and then it, then when you come into the new era, you 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 grab some Maltesers, but you, you're in the classics. Yeah, I don't like the Maltesers that crunch too much, and yep. then I'm freaking out about everyone else getting angry at me. Like, yeah, so I I, I remember once getting a packet of like Lay's chips oh. and a popcorn. Never again. Yeah, never again. Honestly, (laughs) my hands are so greasy. I couldn't grip the bag to open, and it was just constant noise. And I got, I could feel the like the stairs. You know the way, like modern day, you can see someone's phone light up the cinema. Yeah, the glances that I was getting from eating these chips, I put them down and had pretty much a full. The longest I've ever gone with an open packet of chips, that's yeah. for sure. Did you leg it before the open uh, the I end did. credits I slide did. started? You'd, thank God it was, it was a terrible Marvel movie. It yeah. was a terrible movie, though. Yeah. Okay, name an actor or actress you'd like to spend a night with. Uh, well, Selma Hayek. Nice. Because so, I'm a happily married spud. That yes, would have to as happen. am I. That would have to happen in an alternate universe. Like. <laughs> it's so <laughs> revealing. Yeah. I love this question because yeah. so many good people such as yourself, yeah. you even... In such a fantastical, hypothetical, you're still yes, you're still yes. thinking about other people's feelings. Yes, yes. That's not me. Yeah. My answer also would be some Hayek, but yeah. totally different rating scale. Yeah. Um, which film didn't get a sequel that you think deserves one? Now, funnily enough, Goonies two. Now that already does exist, but I'm not. I want to do a remake of it. Does it exist? Goonies two. I'm pretty I'm sure. N- I didn't think so. The closest I saw was. That J.J. Abrams Super 8, but with heaps like the Goonies. Unless I'm having a Mandela effect, and I think Goonies Perhaps. 2 exists. Perhaps. But like, maybe it already... I think you might be thinking done. Ghoulies 2, because you're I a horror I might be thinking guy. of my version of Goonies 2, <laughs> yeah. but like, <laughs> and I want it to happen. So I'm putting it out there with the energy. Nice. Uh, yeah, Goonies 2 would definitely be the sequel for me, yep. where it's 40 years from now, all the guys, they're all old enough. And they've got... The parents have died, they've got the house, and they go back and they find another treasure map, and it kind of nice. kicks off from that. Copyright. And they could all have they could all have their own kids as well. Yeah, to that's make it. it a and family. then they, yep, yep, love it. Yep. All right. Who would play you in your biopic? Uh, I what I did was I just looked up 
uh, typed in ringer people and actors, <laughs> so then I knew who I could pick. So this one kid popped up, Charlie Stewart. I'm not sure of what he's done, but he looked vaguely similar to my 89 Batman picture over here. So I went, right, he's got the immediate casting. Uh, for me as an adult would be Christopher Hyde. I can never pronounce his last name. Is the guy from um, Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I struggle with Scandinavian names very badly. It's high, high Viju. Apologise in advance for that. The guy yes. out of the Thing prequel is yes. what we'll call him. Yes. Yeah, yes. I can see that. Yes. I can see the complexion, and of course, shout out to tonight's show sponsor, Sunscreen, because <laughs> we're both packing it on. We are both very olive complexion persons. I'm very grateful you dimmed the lights in the studio. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I just pulled a CD <laughs> out of the player and flipped it, and we're now both sunburnt where the stream is. That's it. Oh, good times. Uh, and the old version of me would be Jay's Cosmo. Um, wow. Yeah. I can say I like that you've given thought of casting through the ages. That's it's fantastic. It's going to be obviously a very long movie. <laughs> I apologise. It's going to be like Atonement or something like that. <laughs> which movie, I know you're a horror fan, but yep. which movie did freak you out as a kid uh it was it the the tv version yeah um i did okay the the build-up was really strong and then the ending dived yeah the giant spider i was just like what's going on but up the lead up into that really kind of shook the nerves a bit um and scared me in the right places so even the remake did the same thing for me as well so yeah definitely it is is up there all right hollywood comes calling they say zombie joe mm. you're in charge of the next big reboot from your childhood, mm. movie or TV show, what would you like to reboot? It'd be a TV show. I want to bring back Come On Kids because I was on Come On Kids for an episode. Really? And I met Do you have... Uh, I'm not doubting what you're saying. Yeah. Do you have Video footage? Or? My mum has it, yes. Wow, yes. that's incredible. Yes. I still remember some of the recording to this day, like standing there getting kid next to me got slimed and it hit me. And I was like... I was so robbed not living in South Australia as a kid because you guys, you could have gone on episodes of Couch Potato, yep. shot at the ABC building. Come on, kids, obviously. Um, that um, Andrew Fife from Hey Hey yep. had that quiz show called What's That? Yep. where he used to draw things yeah, and yep. he gets what it was. Yep. I've met people that have been on all these shows yep, and I'll yep. never get over it. Yep. But the hype for me, even though it wasn't South Australian, yep friend of mine in brisbane she started a letter writing campaign and got her school mm. on amazing oh well and her teacher mm. chose the nicer chose three of the well-doing kids to yes. go instead yeah, of her that's how it worked and she never got over it yep. the fact that her letter yep. got them in the door yep. and she didn't get to be on amazing and i was yep. like that's how i feel someone finally knows how i feel not being yeah on amazing. yeah yeah oh, i'm just gonna cry for the rest of the episode yeah Name one famous person you would like to hit with a hammer. Uh, there's a few, um, and I'm I'm blanking on the name. Um, yeah, I might have to keep. I have to come back for that one. I think there's a there's a few. James Corden deserves a hammer, so yeah, I'll yeah. give him an honorary yeah. one while we wait. Yep. If you could make the entire world's population watch one movie, how are you using that power? Uh, yes, I. To be really cruel, I was going to say Gone with the Wind, but I thought, nah, that was that <laughs> tortured me to no end. So uh, it's definitely Good, Bad and the Ugly. Good answer. Yeah. Classic. And if you could take your favourite fictional character from any film and put him in another movie, hmm. who are you putting where? 
This is the one I got. I struggled with. I I I don't know why. I just couldn't work out who I was going to put in anywhere. So we might have to come back to that one. Yeah, we get know. Beetlejuice a lot. Gets yeah, put in yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, how many movies on a good week would you watch? Uh, I'd say three. Yeah. Really, depending on the time, but how with Netflix and Stan and everything available, and I can watch it during my lunchtime breaks. I kind of slip in movies wherever I can, uh, even if I'm watching it for twenty minutes and then I pause it and come back to it. So yeah. So it was about two or three. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is a high fidelity quiz. And the mm-hmm. only question we have left to ask, your movie gets made, mm-hmm. it comes out, you're sitting in the cinemas with your popcorn and your mint choc top yep. and your large Coke. Yep. What song kicks off your movie? My movie song uh, for me, now, it's, I don't think it would be an opening title. I think it would be the end credits. And that was Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Awesome. Well, let's hear that now. This is DVG with Zombie Joe. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Join Mikey. Brand. Andy. Mouse. Chunk. Stephanie. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. That's the end. And Data. You can hear me. The Goonies rated PG. Special advance preview, Saturday, June 1st. Saturday, June 1st, 1985. Three weeks <laughs> before I was born, this film was released. Zombie Joe from the Adelaide Horror Podcast has chosen one of his first 10 films this evening. It is The Goonies from 1985. Joe, what does this movie mean to you? Uh, a lot. This is this is one of my top favourites, hence why it's number one and really in the list. Uh, went to go and see this uh, on VHS with my folks. Uh, we watched it together. It's a great family movie, bit of adventure, bit of a treasure hunt at the same time because it's the 80s, a bit of like highbrow stuff that you wouldn't usually put in a kid's film, but yes. it was in there yep. anyway. Um, and yeah, just many fond, fond memories. I related a lot to Chunk. Uh, that was kind of my um, geeky, kind of gooky little that uh, thing that animal. I was. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, so a bit quirky was the word I was trying to say. Uh, so yeah, related heavily with him. Uh, can still do the tubby shuffle uh, if you can. On uh, so yeah, everyone probably listening is going. Joe, do the tubby shuffle. He, he is here <laughs> doing. He's currently doing the truffle shuffle right truffle now shuffle. in the studio. It, it is very good. Um, it's quite funny to think. Like I love seeing the way directors progress from films they've made, mm. and it's funny with Richard Donner because obviously he did amazing Superman movies mm. that everyone loved. Mm. He did this, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he can." He can stand toe-to-toe with what Steven Spielberg's doing, who obviously yep. produced this movie. Yep. This is one of the famous Amberlynn Entertainment films. Mm. Uh, this this one is a classic that not only is something we grew up loving, but it inspired so many of those lesser versions of the same yes. film. So, yep. you know, you got things like... I, I'd even say that Hook is a lesser Goonies mm. for the most part. Yep. Um, how often do you revisit this one? Uh, I'd say once a year, if I can, maybe twice. But Do you usually, force your family to suffer through it? Uh, they haven't seen it yet, but it'll be on the cards for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw it? Is it something you saw at the cinemas? Or no, at it was at home. It was on VHS. Uh, so this was what we hired from the video shop and took back. So yeah. that would have been the family group of movies and this yep. would have been the video that would have been picked for me because I was like six going on seven when yep. uh, when I saw it. So, yeah. No, awesome. Mm. No, it is it is a really good movie. And 
I always love when Corey Feldman comes up in a movie because mm. he is like the linchpin of everything that was great about the 80s. Yep. Like so much of the, pretty much every movie he was a part mm. of mm. was a classic for such a long time because, yep. you know, we got to be in this, got to be in like Stand By Me, got Friday to be in Gremlins, 13th. Friday yep. the 13th. Yeah. He, he really was pre- mm. the Lost Boys. He was present yep. for so many of the big movies of the 80s. Yeah. Um, if you were to recast this, could you imagine recasting this? I couldn't. I really couldn't. Yeah. I, you, I thought you about it. You'd love, you mentioned you'd love to have them as uh, older, ver- well, the same actors yeah. playing themselves yeah. as adults. Yeah, and then you get new talent in now. There's a lot of new talent now in the movies and stuff like that. You just have to go really to Stranger Things or the current you know, Ghostbusters movie that's about to come out. Um those little kids are doing well they're not little kids but like they're they're doing well um and so i'm sure the casting agents will be going right you you and you and you like and they would recast it instantly for me but uh yeah the reboot for me would definitely be the the og crowd but we'll just be older that's all um did mm. you hear the story about uh richard donner gifting sean astin the original pirate map wow and it was his prized possession he took it home and he was he was so lucky his mum found it while cleaning one day and thought, what's this old piece oh, of radio no. paper? Threw it in the bin. So the You made me excited the, and horrified oh, at the no, same time, Dave. Like, well done. So <laughs> terrible. Um, have you seen that there is a deleted scene from this movie, which mm. I'm not sure if it's ever been released, but you can see bits and pieces scattered throughout the movie. Mm. When they're at the pirate ship, they actually mm. get attacked by an underwater sea creature, like a giant... Octopus. Yeah, it's like a tentacle. Yeah, yeah and they, they show a lot more of it. And mm. uh, it's quite... Dis- Man, I it's so funny how many people I grew up with whose kids look like sloth. They post their photos <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look, it's sloth. <laughs> well. uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I recommend, if you get a chance on YouTube, there's a guy from Frankston that does uh, minty comedic arts. He does a lot of like... 10 things you didn't know about Goonies and stuff. Right. And it's so, he's really annoying, but he's really great. Like okay. it, 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 much like myself, yeah. You know, yeah. it evens itself out. You yeah. get over his, his shortcomings yep. because of how informative his videos are. Right. I was just watching one this afternoon, getting okay. ready. No, no, I'll check it out for sure. And do you sing uh, Cindy Lauper in the shower? No, this is the, the only Cindy song that I'm not overly keen on. I don't hate it, but, yeah, I'm not overly keen on it. I think, yeah. Everyone kind of jumps on and joins in the kicking session that it is, but I, I just like, well, look, you know, that's what the song was. That's it. It's not going to wreck my life, but, yeah, it's not the best one either. Yep. Awesome. Let's jump back into the music as we continue the conversation about your 10 favourite films. Where can people check out the Adelaide Horror Podcast? Uh, yeah, so I've got a Facebook group, Adelaide Horror Podcast. Uh, Instagram, you can write to me there. I message back to pretty much everyone that contacts me um and i've just started on tiktok but i'm not doing any dance weird videos they're just kind of alerting everyone of a new episode so yeah i'm still the grandpa on tiktok so i'm trying to get used to it well i'm the creepy (laughs) uncle it's a good place to be this is dvg this is dave's video graveyard it is 100.5 wow fm dave's video graveyard with zombie joe from the adelaide horror podcast talking us through his favorite films of all times Quick shout out, we've mentioned TikTok twice just before we went to the songs. And if you mention, much like Beetlejuice, <laughs> if you mentioned TikTok enough times, my all-time favourite TikToker 
that isn't involved in cleavage or pimple popping. Yeah. One Miss Villain Visage sent us a message. So shout out to her. She's Hello. one of the coolest follows you will yes. ever find on TikTok. Agreed. One of the only reasons to be on there and the genuine person that got me on there. So many thanks to her. And of course, mm. the uh, the brains trust of DVG. If mm. ever I'm in doubt, yep. go to is Villain Visage. Now, yep. we are talking all about the classic Christmas film. I don't care what anyone says. Agreed. I'm not here to argue. From 1988, John McTiernan, the man behind not only just Last Action Hero and Predator, but the film we're talking about right now, Die Hard, featuring Bruce Willis, who at the time was a TV soap star. No one thought... To be an action star, you had to be roided out, bigger yeah. than life, you know, a monster or a martial artist. Mm. This showed that the everyman could step up and be the hero. Mm. Why did you choose this movie? Well, this was my um, first action movie uh, that I watched as a kid. Uh, so we taped it off the TV and we watched it together... As, a, as the fam um, during the day. Um, and the interesting thing is, is this was a very watered-down version of Die Hard because yep. it was on TV. So the famous scene jumps off Yippee-ki-yay, that's all I heard. So for a long time, that's all I thought he said until I was at my other friend's party. It was all the boys together at a birthday party, all the kids, chips, cokes, puts on Die Hard. That scene comes on and then Fudge and Mudge and Oats comes on after that and I'm like, well... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, uh, it was like, yeah, he says that all the time. I'm like, not in my version that I saw. Like, <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah. I had a edited for TV version of Rocky Horror growing up. Yeah. And it was a much shorter film. It made yeah, no yeah. sense yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Then I got a bit older and saw the real version. I'm like, yeah. what's this? This yeah. must be a director's yeah. cut. They're like, yeah, yeah. no, this is the actual version. This movie, it is so timeless. Mm. So many things that happen in the real world make me think of Die Hard. Like, yeah. Anytime I curl my toes in carpet, mm. brain goes instantly to die hard. I tried it when he said it. Like, as a kid, I was like, what's he mean by... And I immediately started doing it with my toes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this, as I said, is this something you pull out at Christmas time? Christmas time and pretty much whenever I feel like a real decent action film where yeah. I'm struggling to pick anything on any other streaming service, this will come on for yeah. sure. I realized recently I'd shown the kids earlier in the year Speed for mm. the first time and mm. they loved it. Yep. I'm just realizing now they it's time. I think it's time yep. that they watch Die Hard. That's fantastic. it is an absolute classic. Yep. And re-watching it, I'm always reminded how robbed we are mm. of the old man Alan Rickman roles that there could have been. Mm. Like he could be playing a sassy old guy in so many amazing things. <laughs> it is such a huge loss. Oh, um, oh. I hate Die Hard 2, but I love Die Hard 3. Yep. My, my order of favourite Die Hard movies. Yep. I'm interested to hear yours first. Right. Well, it's it's funnily enough, I, I like them all for what they are. Like, I don't... Yep. Yeah, I can I can watch right through and say I don't have a real favourite. Like, I just follow them in that sequence. Yep. And I don't mind all of them, so that's pretty good. So that's where I stand on that one. Like For me, it is Die Hard 1. Yep. Die Hard 3, mm. Last Boy Scout, because yep. pretty much he's playing John McClane in that movie. Yep. Then the next one is 4, because it has Timothy Olyphantastic in it. Yep. And then the one with Jai Courtney's last. So mm. I think that covers yep. the entire span of the thing. Yep. So what would you give this movie out of 19? Uh, I would give it a solid 17. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. 
What movie should we talk about next? Okay, so following on after that is Batman 1989. Let's hear a little bit from that. You're listening to DVG. Don't forget, you can join in the conversation. Find us on social media. And of course, while you're on social media, make sure you join the Adelaide Horror Podcast group and follow on all the socials that you can. We are... The real story. The love story. A woman in danger. A hero in black. The adventure you've been waiting for. Where does he get those wonderful toys? What are you? I'm Batman. Ready PG-13, now playing at a theater near you. I love audio from 1989. <laughs> we are talking about Batman, directed by Tim Burton. Before we get into it, can I share with you something that blew my mind this week? Well, I'm gonna. Mm. Tim Burton didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Hello, hello, hello. So that tell blew me more. my mind. Tell me more. He produced it and he put his name on it. Yeah. Because um, I remember as a kid, there was Tim Burton's Nightmare Before yep. Christmas. Yep. And there was Tim, I reckon it was Tim Burton's Adam's Family. Mm. Didn't direct either of those films. I'm going to have to throw them out of the list because yeah. I've actually got a Burton section on my <laughs> DVD thing and now it's just all been a lot. I so know. Anyway. It blew my mind. Anyway, we are going back to where... Thanks, Dave. Our love affair, pretty much. <laughs> 1987, he did Beetlejuice. 1989, yep. he changed mm. not just superhero films, but mm. films in general. Yep. The way they were marketed, the way the toys were tied in for kids. Yep. Nothing was like this before this film came out. Mm. It had 60 songs by Prince in the thing. Mm. I hate the Bat Dance music video. It used to scare me as a kid. Mm. Why have you chosen Batman 1989? Batman 1989, uh, first time um, comic book uh, movie for me and also at the cinema as well. So it was just bigger, louder. It was just amazing. It was Batman. So um, I didn't collect the comics as a kid and stuff. I just used to read them uh, when we used to go shopping out in the city. Yep. Friday nights, uh, so I used to nick off to uh, the comic shop area. Used to flick through the Batmans and stuff like that. Or you'd get some in sometimes in the Raw show. You used yep. to get them a little bit, or you got Phantom comics. Yep. So that's how I used to read them that way. And then, so when Batman came out of the cinema, I was like, yeah, two tickets. It's next. such like, a lost rite of passage getting a Phantom comic in a in a sample bag show bag. Yeah. Yep. Birdie Beetle was in cahoots with the Phantom. Yeah, and now it's it's not around anymore. You can only get those little small ones, I think, on the newspaper if they're still around there too. Mm. Uh, are you excited for the Flashpoint uh, TV event that's coming up with Michael Keaton reprising his role as Bruce Wayne and perhaps Batman? I am now. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. It's, coming. Don't know it's that. already filmed. Yeah. It's finished. So it's Far really out. a thing. Yeah. Um, I've got nothing but love for this movie mm. and I find myself late at night on YouTube just going down rabbit holes, just finding yep. out more things about this movie. Mm. And the most recent was finding out about the guy that produced this, mm. went on to produce Wild Wild West. And yep. he's actually the reason that the Nicolas Cage Superman movie with Tim Burton was never made mm. because he was so obsessed with the idea of a giant spider Mm. That Kevin Smith, who was writing it at the time, said, I, I'm out. I don't want to be a part of this wow. film. But he made Wild Wild West in 1999 and we wow. got the giant spider and Selma Hayek. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, absolute banger from Will Smith. Blessings. So yeah. it's just, it yeah. all plays into each other. Yep. How often do you revisit Batman 89? Uh, to be honest, probably once a year. 
Yep. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Out of 19, is this a 19 film? Uh, this is, a again, another 17. Now, not only is mm. this film important to you, this mm. ties into your childhood. You were showing me some memories off air. Yes, I've got a Polaroid picture of, uh, 19, well, 1989. You could line up with the Batmobile uh, car. This was at uh, Target in the City, um, which is now the bottom part. was like an empty foyer area. Um, and one of the promotional things is that you could go and uh, stand next to the car, which I did, and the girl said, no, you can lean on it. So I've got this Polaroid picture now of me leaning on the uh, on the Batmobile. So I had a lot of big energy leaving that room I after that day. I, uh, man, it was, it was so good. I still say 1989 was one of my classic years, and that's one of my highlights for that year. Um, and, yeah, I was hunted around and I actually found it, so I'm still very stoked that I'd, I've got it. Um, but, yeah, it was a really good memory. And just seeing the car in, fle- in the flesh just, yeah, just blew my mind. It was so good. Amen to that. Um, what movie would you like to talk about next? Uh, Pet Cemetery, 1989. Let's get into it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? Daddy's gonna do something really bad. Sometimes that is better. If it doesn't work, I'll just put him back. <laughs> Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, rated R. Starts Friday, April 21st at Theatres Everywhere. Did you know, mm. Pet Cemetery 1989, the kid that plays Gage, the yep. ill-fated Gage from this movie, is the uh, girls ha- uh, boys have penis, girls have vagina kid from Kindergarten Cop? Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, he he did the rounds, like, uh, after... He, he was did, also... Yeah. The, you know, he was also the, the tween kid in Mercury Rising. No, there was no a way. movie in the nineties with yep. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. And there was a kid that he was protecting. Yeah. And it was the kid was that. No kid. way. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, he he did well. He he came out pretty good. Like as a child actor now, when you hear all the stories and stuff like that, he did quite well for himself. And um, the behind the scenes talk about how well they did look after him uh, while they were shooting the movie. Um, yeah. mm. Well, I put it to you mm. that Aunt Zelda from Pet Cemetery is the scariest character ever put to film. Yeah, and they've if you actually look at um if you look up on IMDb and you flick down to the actual guy that does the thing, it's actually that photo of her standing standing in the bedroom all creepy and no. that was the scene that froze me to death. I I think you you're when, gonna when when oh. the It remake came out, yep. that was such an amazing step up. The first one mm. was such a step up from the miniseries. Mm. It blew my mind. Mm. Then when they announced Pet Cemetery getting remade, all I could think of was like, what's the what's the Aunt Zelda scene going to be? And I was terrified. Yeah. Then I was super disappointed. Yeah. Because that movie is boring. And <laughs> Jason Clark's head <laughs> looks like... Did you ever play Alex the Kid in Miracle World? No. One of the characters in that game had a fist for a head. Right. And that's exactly what Jason Clark looks like. <laughs> and he beat up Drazik once it, in an episode. It's not my Pet Cemetery, <laughs> but if it's yours, Merry not Christmas. Mine, not like, mine. yeah. The Ramones yeah. didn't write any songs about the remake. Exactly. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about this movie. Uh, this one absolutely blew off my pajama pants. I, uh, I was very, very spooked. And that was just last night. Really yeah, watching. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, as a kid recorded this off TV, thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this, you know, 
I'm big and tough. I'm, I'm a bit old enough now. I can do this. And uh, nope. <laughs> that was a big nope. I, uh, I managed to push through this thing. The thing that I really liked was the different creepy stories that this, this story had inside it by told by different characters as the movie got on. Even though Pascal was terrifying to look at, I understood that he was a good person. So that kind of was his forgiving thing and why I could kind of tolerate him appearing every now and then as a warning to um, to the guy not to go to and Lewis bury. Reed. Yeah, 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 that's it. Um, and the guy from Time Tracks. Yes, and I was like, okay, I can tolerate him, but he was still freaking me out. And even the poster now, like looking at it, just those eyes when he stares at you, it was really scary. But this it was the Zelda scene that just, I was like, nah, you know how you rage quit and you yeah, walk out of oh, the room? I freaked quit and threw I the remote across the room and I walked have out. two terrifying connections. Yeah. One is to Skeletor on the end of Masters of the Universe movie. Rightio. And the other is Aunt Zelda. Yeah. But in saying that, Gage's death scene in this movie is yeah. really confrontational and, and really well shot. Yeah. Oh, man. When we're at parks, still to this day, yeah. it's in the back of my mind. I do. Yeah. And also, Fred Gwynn getting not only his Achilles cut, but the corners of his lips. Yeah. Every time I get a paper cut on my mouth from <laughs> an oh, no. envelope, I feel like maybe that's how bad it feels. Yeah. Um, I even enjoyed the second one with Clancy Brown. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was in it? There was Clancy, um, and, Clancy um, Brown, uh, Edward Furlong from Terminator 2. Thank you. That's yes. the one. I enjoyed that as well. Mm. I thought they were both great. I liked it too, especially when the guy picked up the dirt bike and he was revving That's, it and right near the head. And yes. I was like, what is going on here? That blew my mind. Nothing like seeing the Kurgan put someone's face in oh, a motorbike spoke. Brutal. Brutal. Um, you know, Stephen King has stated this is one of his all-time favorite adaptions mm. of his work, other yep. than like Frank Darabont's work. And honestly, I think this is a timeless horror because... You get that 80s vibe. It looks like a made-for-TV movie, mm. but it's also effective in the horror. Yes. Um, and it is, it's got enough sprinkled throughout it to be scary, but it's also a slow burn yep. in a really effective way. So yep. I am a huge fan, and I think we should play a little bit of music from the movie. Yes. This is DVG. Ten years ago, they sent a machine from the future to kill Sarah Connor. They failed. Now, they have a new target. The future leader of the resistance, her son, John. He's all alone. You have to protect him. They know its face. I'll be back. They know its mission. But there's one thing they don't know. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. One programmed to destroy, the other programmed to protect. Hasta la vista, baby. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This film has not yet been rated. Starts Wednesday, July 3rd at a theater near you. July 3rd, 1991, the world's greatest movie was released. Mm. It was directed by James Cameron. It was a sequel to his film from 10 years earlier. We are talking about Terminator 2 Judgment Day, mm. a.k.a. the world's greatest film, as chosen by Zombie Joe. Yep. Why did you choose the world's greatest film? Uh, went to go and see this at the cinema, so it just absolutely melted my face. Like, I was, yeah, going on 12 uh, when I went to go and see this film. Um, uh, yeah, my dad took me, so it was an ultimate kind of father-son-dad 
movie. I just remember a lot of dads and their kids were in there. Um, so yeah, and the the movie itself was just amazing. It's like the ultimate movie uh, action film from start to finish. Everything's all fast paced. There's no slow bits. His face through this whole movie, like of just the concentration of yeah, I've got to off this kid is is just really mind blowing. And I found myself through this movie staring at him, going, "What's he going to do now? What's he going to do now?" Because he was just he's unstoppable. Like yeah. Did you know who the original T one thousand was supposed to be? Hopefully, Billy Idol was the original wow. casting, but he had a motorbike accident while on tour and couldn't commit. Wow. And Robert Patrick was on. Um, every time I watch this movie, I yeah. take something else away from it that I appreciate. Yeah. Including that Schwarzenegger and uh, Robert Patrick both did gun training mm. so for so long mm. so that they could fire all the... Because yeah. it's all real guns with blanks in it. Yeah. Um, so that they could fire all these guns and not blink. Because, yeah. you know, the, yeah, yeah. the main thing is to blink. Yeah. And Robert Patrick... Uh, Robert Patrick learned to run hmm. without his mouth open. So I know it's a little thing, okay. but he actually spent weeks and weeks and weeks perfecting that run. And I think it's one of... Everyone gives Tom Cruise credit for an amazing on-screen running. Nothing wow. tops yeah. him chasing John Connor on the yes. motorbike from yeah. the Galleria. Yeah. He was just a hunter. Like, he's just, just a downright predator. That's what he looked like. He just looked like a cheater, and he was just, like, non-stop... Focus, and, yeah. And almost like a ballet dancer conveys all this meaning and story mm. through movement. Mm. Robert Patrick relies so much on his expression or lack thereof mm. Mm. and his body movement to give across mm. that he's this unstoppable killing robot. Mm. Man, this movie's good. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to show it to my little one when she grows up a bit and go, okay, we're going <laughs> to watch an action film and I'm going to pull this list out. My kids have seen it so many times, they're bored of it. Yeah. And that's a good place to Not be. Not the robot movie again. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but then they saw the trailer for, it's on free-to-air TV this week, actually, Terminator 3. Mm. So I was like, oh, we've never seen that. And I'm like, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Um, how often do you revisit this one? Uh, again, a couple of times a year. And this is pretty much where the Terminator stuff stops for me. Like, yep. I just do the one and the two and that's, that's it. That's fine. Yeah. I revisited this one in 2019 in the cinema because mm-hmm. I never got to see it as a kid. Yep. And Wow. What an experience that would have been for you. It was, I I was just holding my popcorn and my Coke for a good long period of time and didn't drink or eat because I was just staring at the screen, kind of like watching TV without my mouth open. Maybe I should have trained like that because I was just gobsmacked what I was looking at. That is incredible. Amazing. Well, it's time to play some ads here on DVG. So we will be back very shortly with Zombie Joe. Don't forget to give everybody involved a follow on social media. This is DVG. From one of the most celebrated filmmakers of our time comes the most unforgettable love story of all time. Who are you? Dracula. Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves, in a Francis Ford Coppola film. Bram Stoker's Dracula. I give you life eternal. And theaters Friday. We are talking now about Bram Stoker's Dracula. That is the one with Dracula with the boobs on his head. We are talking (laughs) about an incredible film where Gary Oldman is unrecognisable, as he always is in his best roles. Mm. Why did you choose this movie? Tell us about it. Um, I've always liked Dracula and vampires growing up as a kid, but 
because of my dyslexia, I really struggled trying to read the book because it was all about diaries. Like, dear diary, did right. So it was kind of boring me as well, and I was kind of getting pulled out of it. I just wanted vampires. I wanted action. So I was like, oh, my God. And then my prayers were answered when this movie came along because there was a little bit of history at the start. But then as the movie progressed on, it was really true to the actual book. So I was like, good, I'm kind of seeing the novel come to life a bit with this. There would have been some changes, I'm sure. But, yeah, I just liked the movie because I can actually visually see what this film was. And there was a lot of nods to, like, Bill Lugosi, Dracula. Yes. Nosferatu, that's what I was digging as well. And you've got Francis Ford Coppola, the man behind, mm. you know, some of the most iconic classics in cinema history, like, mm. you know, the the Godfather trilogy. Yep. Well, one and two, should mm. I say. Mm. Um, one thing that blew my mind to find out years later, I used to love this show on Discovery Channel back in the day called Movie Magic. Mm. And it used to show the way different things were made. Okay, And a lot of the special effects in this film are done what's known in camera. Yep. So they make it happen live and they just film it and oh, like okay. enhance it with colour and stuff. Yeah. But everything you see. And in this episode of Movie Magic, they showed the scene where um, Keanu Reeves' character mm. is writing, I think Jonathan Harker, is it? Yeah, yeah. He's writing to uh, Winona Ryder's character. Yeah, yeah. And their words are appearing up on the, yeah, up on the horizon. Yeah. And then Dracula's eyes come over the yeah. thing. Yeah. That was all done wow. live just in camera. And I was like, that is incredible. Yeah. I never knew that kind of thing existed at the time. And yeah. it's just so incredible. This movie, I think, like, I talk about the game changers. So, you know, like, The Matrix inspired how mm. all science fiction looked moving mm -hmm. forward. Mm. Fight Club inspired how all gritty dramas and stuff yeah. looked. Yeah. This inspired so much of the Dracula uh, mythos, the mm. way it looks, the way it's portrayed. Obviously, Dracula Dead and Loving It did a great job as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How often do you revisit this one? Because I feel like you've got to be in the mood for this one. Of all your choices so far, yeah. this is probably the one where I'm like, oh, sometimes it's a chore to get into because you, you know it's a long a long journey. Yeah. So when I was when I was writing um, and I was writing a vampire short story, this would be on that list to watch it, to get me in the mood for it. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd listen to other music and soundtracks and instrumental, and that will kind of help me as I'm writing. But you'd listen to Sisters of Mercy and light your black <laughs> candles, and, <laughs> and uh, so that would get me in the mood. And yeah, so this movie helped me a lot visually to to it kind of that inspiration uh, to to write my characters. So mm. awesome, Zombie Joe, you're the man in the know. Where are we heading next? Uh, we are now going to another vampire film, Dust Till Dawn, 1996. Mm, it sounds interesting and not sexual in any way. Let's <laughs> get into it. Do you want to live through this? On ancient ground, a terrifying evil has been unleashed. Now, five strangers are our only hope to stop it. Oh, yeah! On Friday, January 19th. Richie, look out! The showdown is on from Robert Rodriguez, from Quentin Tarantino, from dusk till dawn, rated R. We are going back to 1996 when one of the most important movies of all time was made. Um, I just pray that you got to see this movie the same way I did by knowing nothing about it the first time you saw it. Mm. Is that what it was for you? Pretty much, yep. Walked in blind uh, and walked out of it, yeah, blown away 
Also, before we get into it, shout out to listener Jay, who's messaged in and said how incredible your hey, list Jay. is. Yeah, thanks, Jay. That's um, awesome. As he's always is, he will be joining me in December. We're covering the Spawn soundtrack. Oh, nice. So much like when people ask me what's in the um, folders on my computer, the yep. answer is Spawn. <laughs> so, from <laughs> Dust Till Dawn, this yep. movie is two movies. Yes. You get a very gritty noir crime thriller mm. for about 50 minutes. Yep. We then rock up to the aptly titled Titty Twister Bar mm-hmm. on the edge of Mexico border in Texas. Yep. The Gecko Brothers are on the run from the Texas Rangers. Mm. And just over the border into Mexico, they're going to spend the night at this bar where they're going to meet up with their boss, mm. played incredibly by Cheech Marin, who yep. plays three roles. Yes. One of them being the most iconic uh, speeches of all film time. Yes. Pet Shop Bar known to Cat Shop. <laughs> yeah. Like, he'd be the greatest spruker oh, for that Can you imagine? Shop. I wish Harris Garves in the city sold pets just so that that guy on the <laughs> mic could do that still. Yeah. What do you think about this movie? Is it something that you still hold very dear? Oh, uh, look, this introduced me to Quentin Tarantino. I went away and I went, okay, I've got to start checking out this guy's movies. I started going away and looking into Robert Rodriguez movies after this as well. So this kind of all kind of spawned it off for me um, after I had almost a complete stroke over... Selma Hayek's yes, dead scene, yes, and yeah. then I was kind of like, I, I don't know if I could go saying. to the crazy horse anymore because, in in case of the risk of this actually happening, I was just like, so uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal movie, great action, uh, great horror as well. The gore effects on this, the vampire, Greg Nicotero, the man behind The Walking Dead, yes, special effects, yeah, who learned from Tom Savini, who's in this movie, yeah, yeah, and it was like a showcase of Savini's masterwork, like yep. with this, um, even the vampire. It's funny. Because we just spoke about Dracula, the vampire bat in Dracula, and the vampires in this one look I never really similar. They really like, do. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of like, these are kind of nods to that, and um, yeah, just just really really good. So I love the I love the vampire band at the end. That was hilarious with the body part. Tito like, and limbs. T- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's amazing. Uh, the Blasters song, Dark Knight. Yep. I love that song. I. You remember when the world fell in love with uh, the Tiger King? Yes. A couple years ago? He had a song on that called uh, Here Kitty Kitty. Yeah. And it straight up had just stolen the cadence and melody from Dark Knight. No way. I was way. like, no one's calling them on this. No, no way. No way. Man, that is a great song. Yes. Um, what would mm. you give this out of 19 and why is it 19? Oh, it's an 18. Yeah. It's an Amen. 18. Yeah. Yeah. And I just... Much like the first time you see Fight Club, mm. I wish everyone could see this not knowing anything about it because yep. it just makes it such a mm. uh, the the rug gets pulled out from under you, and it's like, what is when happening? the when the vampires start turning and there's like all the vampire strippers start like leaning into the screen and like biting at you through the and you feel like you're underneath them. That's just the terrifying part of it as well. It gave me that sense of Demon Knight. It almost had yes. that feel it's to very, that as well, like Tales of the Crypt. It's very Tales of the Crypt, and I mm. often compare it to because um, Bob Gale and that the guys behind. Mm. Back to the Future wrote Bordello of Blood Mm-mm. and it never happened. And then they heard about this movie being made the same yeah. time and like, yeah. well, we're not going to finish making this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. And Bordello is good too. Like, yeah. I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two are hand in hand. Eric we, Erlaniac, we're just talking off air. Yes. If we were both had to do... About you know, boobs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that and also if we had to combine the two movies together for uh, like, you know, the DVD yes. collection, these two would absolutely bargain hand bin. in hand. Yeah, bargain bin That for would sure. be perfect. Yeah. Awesome. 
They're, they're very formative year movies for me, both of those. Absolutely. Where are we headed to next? Uh, we are going to Shaun of the Dead 2004. Shaun of the Dead. This is DVG. It's the best British horror film ever made. Oh, he's got it's fast, funny, <laughs> and furiously entertaining. Look out! And it's GQ's five-star film of the month. Are you all right? Oh, thank God for that. Die Kill the undead to get a ticket. Shaun of the Dead. Leave everything you hear on TV. Honestly, I cannot think of a more important movie that launched more things. Like, it, it didn't necessarily launch careers, but it sent everyone involved mm. just on a rocket to the moon because yep. we got Simon Pegg, Nick Frost become megastars. Mm. Edgar Wright, one of the best directors going around of modern times mm. the way he cuts his movies are so slick yep. so incredible this movie started the cornetto trilogy as well which yes. is three films i love tell us about this movie and why you picked it so i went into the cinema not knowing anything about this film uh, my mate goes there's a british comedy about zombies joke you gotta check this out this is nuts and i went oh well so we went to go and see it at the uh, cinema in Highland street and midway through this movie, I was like, I've got to own this. This is just phenomenal. Why, like, why didn't I hear about this film? So, uh, yeah, it just ticked all the boxes. The comedy was hilarious. The gore was insane. Like, um, it really kicks off at the end of the film. Like, it gets super gory. Um, the Queen dance scene, it was just like, it's just everything is about it is just so good and just really funny. It's funny after... Um Bohemian Rhapsody came out. My kids got heaps. And that's what Queen. you're thinking about it. And every time Don't Stop Me Now comes on, I'm just like picturing the pool cues. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is perfectly, I think, like I was talking about Bram Stoker's, the way that inspired a lot of things. Mm. The way that comedy and wit, particularly dry UK wit, because, mm. you know, you could watch an American show, you could watch a UK show, and you could definitely see the yeah. difference in yeah. the wit and the comedy. Mm. This very much popularized that style of comedy yep. and it kind of was contagious. So we got mm. a lot more of like your Rogans and all them doing mm. this kind of thing. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm forever in awe of this movie. It's yep. it's almost the perfect movie. It yeah, it is. It is. And that Simon's got this way of doing uh, comedy horror really well like even slaughterhouse rules like yep. that that was just that like i've got all of them at home like and yeah any 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 work that he's behind is he's got my backing he's just an amazing um director and writer and actor as well like it's quite funny it's believable and you like the characters in this uh he's a total goofball he's completely unresponsible and somehow he's managing he's a man child and it's about yeah, time us yeah. man child got to be the hero of yeah the yeah yeah and he's somehow surviving a zombie apocalypse at the same time it's just amazing yeah and honestly anything that spawns the genre romantic zombie is yeah yeah perfection yeah have you seen uh, it's nowhere as good as this hmm. But I also have a soft spot for warm bodies. Yes. Because of how much I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's got that humour to it, but yep. also zombies. Yep. All right, let's jump back into the music, Zombie Joe. Before we continue your list this evening, we've got about 40 minutes left. Cool. Do it. This is the one night 
Don't forget your costume. All sorts of things. Rome free. The Halloween school bus massacre. Check your candy. Five interwoven stories that are occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin must uh, might just have met the guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A woman who loathes the night has to contend with a holiday obsessed husband, and a mean old man meets his match with a demonic supernatural trick or treat demon. We are talking all about trick or treat from mm. two thousand and seven. I'm so turned off by the face of Dylan Baker that this movie's <laughs> incredible, but man, he's yeah. hard to get through after you've seen the film Happiness. Yeah. Why'd you choose this movie? Um, for me, this just popped up in my the DVD shelf when I was going through, you know, your whole collection of horror films and I thought, well, I don't know anything about this film and I'll check it out. And uh instantly blew me away. Halfway through this film I thought, I'm gonna own this. This is how you know I really like something because I'm very picky what I bring home. Um, and, yeah, I just love the character of Sam. I love the fact that this is an anthology, so that does the tick too. But one of the scariest anthologies uh, I've seen. Uh, and also, too, everyone's got something going on and all the stories interconnect, and it's a blink-you'll-miss-it kind of film. So you really start to pay attention at the start of this film all the way through because everything all waves... Uh, and weaves itself um, together by the end of the film, and you're just left going, holy smokes, I just think I've watched one of the best horror films. Yeah, This, I think, is the perfect example of uh, a story growing up with the kids that watch it, because mm. this, to me, feels like Are You Afraid of the Dark for adults? Yes. It's still Spot got that on. thrill, yep. but it's it's got a little bit of that campy horror to it as well. Yep. Um, it's... It's pretty cool. And obviously, the what's the name of the pumpkin-faced demon kid in this? Uh, is it Sam? Are you, you talking about Sam? Yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam Howen, that's, uh, he's short for that. But he goes around, he makes sure that you are following the rules of Halloween. If you don't follow those rules for Halloween, if he you sorts blow you out. out. If you yeah. blow out the candles too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's uh, surprisingly, it's it's actually you mentioned earlier this evening, Tales of the Crypt. Yes, this is so close to the old TV show of Tales of the Crypt. It's yep, not funny, absolutely. but in a positive way. Mm. Um, it's it's macabre, but it's very wickedly funny in a lot mm. of places. Mm. Um, is this one that you revisit a lot? Absolutely, um, yep, every year. Like this is what I checked out. Uh, I was working over the weekend of Halloween, yep. So I managed to squeeze this in on the Saturday night uh, with the list. Uh, but yeah, I have to watch it ever as soon as it came out. This is like every Halloween I check this out. It's definitely in the list. Yeah, and I love it each time. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yep. What would you give this one out of nineteen? Uh, this is a solid eighteen. Wow. Yeah. And what's your favorite story of the five? Uh, I think. The one that I thought was really clever was the girls kind of egging this girl on to meet this guy in the park, blah, 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 and then the reveal of who they are. And you didn't really see that one coming, but the bus haunting with the kids bullying the other kid and all that kind of, that's my ultimate favourite one, how the whole thing just panned out. Um, And especially how the main character kind of deals with the whole thing as well. And I thought, wow, that was really good. Because I remember, I reckon it was about two, maybe three years ago, uh, Guillermo del Toro had Mm. the um, stories to tell in the dark or whatever. Yes. um, And I think that failed everywhere that this movie succeeds. Yep. It just, it essentially wanted to be the same thing, but I don't think it tied together Mm. anywhere as well. Mm. It wasn't effective. And this looks fantastic. Mm. Like, um, I'm not sure of the budget of this one, but it, it's all up there on screen. Yeah, like, yeah. It looks fantastic. The use of CGI, which quite often ruins a lot of modern yeah, horror. Was done well. Is just done to enhance what's already mm. happening. There's mm. a lot of practical gore, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah I could have, now, am I wrong if thinking there's about two other trick or treat, trick or treat movies? There's like two is coming out. It's been announced. Yeah, um, that's what I was doing the, a little bit of research today, and yeah, he's he's come out and said yes, we are we are doing it. Uh, Michael Doherty uh, is the director, and he has announced he he did uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So yeah, right. Uh, he's a he's a he's got a lot of directing chops behind him, and he's done Krampus as well. So um, yeah, he's got two coming out. So I was happy to hear about that because I'm I'm looking forward to it. It won't yeah. be crap. Like uh, I know it's going to be good. Nothing better than when a writer directs when it comes to indie mm. horror. It just yep. seems to, yep. the vision doesn't get lost on yes. a different director, yep. which you quite often hear is the case. Mm. Now, what about, what do you think, what is your personal choice for the scariest horror movie you've ever seen? It does go up to It and Pet Cemetery. Um, before I saw The Exorcist, the movie itself, the build-up, it's, it's kind of the ultimate Star Wars fan. You build the movie in your head and then you go and see it and you get upset. So for me, it was the opposite. It was like this movie was terrifying me before I even sat down and watched this thing. Like, because, yeah. you know, you still steals of Linda Blair and you're like, oh my God, like this is terrifying. And, um, and then I watched it and I was like, mm. and I watched the trilogy backwards. I actually did two, three, and then one. Yeah. Like, that's how I did it because I was just that much of a chicken about it. And I was kind of like slowly easing myself <laughs> into this horror pool. Uh, and then, yeah, once I watched the whole thing, I was like, wow. But what helped me was the making of it. I watched the making of it. Yep. And then uh, that eased me into it. And then I was like, there was still some shocking scenes, but The Exorcist is in the, the top three as well. Because I remember when up. this was re-released. Hmm. And it had the additional scene 
of Regan crab walking upside mm. down the stairs. Mm. And that's the bit that scared me the most. Mm. So I found it funny that the one part that scared me the most is not the exorcist that like our, like my parents mm. grew up watching this movie and they were terrified of it. Yeah. And I always remember as a kid hearing nothing but not horror stories, but mum and dad would be like, Oh, remember when we saw the exorcist or remember yeah. when we saw, and the other one being the silence of the lamps. Yes. Like, oh, that was really gory. It was really, it was too mm, much. Yeah. Don't ever watch that movie. Yep, and it, yep. it builds it up in my head. I was in the hair salon and they were talking about Silence of the Lamps. Uh, and and I was like, what is this movie that everyone is talking about? Like, And so I remember the, the convos by the adults oh, talking it was, about it. It was, it was it scary. Was, everyone yeah. was talking about it. Yep. What are your feelings on some of, because obviously you're a huge horror fan. Mm. You like a lot of the, a lot of, you like the unsung heroes of horror. Mm. What do you think, though, of the you know the the big guys when it comes to horror, the icons? So you're obviously a fan of Halloween. Absolutely, yeah. Halloween. Jason. Yeah, I like them all. Like they yeah. the, I don't say I'm a devote Halloween fan and yep. stuff every other franchise. I'm not like that. I like all the franchises for what they are. Uh, each character has brought their own um, feel to the to the genre. Um, so I like them all. I, I just yep. I really I can't bring myself to say i hate something because I, it's just not true i don't like i just like all of it it's, I, it's really great i tried to do a revisit of everything i got through all of mm. friday the 13th loved them yep all the freddies loved them yep really 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 struggled mm. through the hellraisers okay one and two mm. amazing mm. from three on i was just like oh, kind of goes a little a bit everywhere yeah yeah they, they kind of lost the tone mm. like whereas i find a lot of the other you know, with the notable exception being Halloween 3. Mm. A lot of the other franchises keep yep. the tone um, yep. or they change it in a way that builds. Mm. Whereas I feel they kind of, they went from gripping and exciting in the start of Hellraiser 1 and 2 mm. to just boring slow burns. Yep. And I was quite disappointed in that. But then on the other hand, you you go from Texas Chainsaw 1 to Texas Chainsaw 2 mm. and that tone change is incredible. Yeah. Like it really, it really builds on it. Yeah. Um, what do you think would be your all time favorite horror franchise? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one for me. Cause I know you're a huge fan of the zombies. Yes. It's for me, it's Halloween. Like, yep. because that, that whole concept of, um, Michael starts out normal, but for some reason becomes supernatural almost like that's bizarre to me is whether, you know, you knew straight off, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Cougar, he's a close second because he becomes supernatural and that's what he, he, he is. You know, he comes back for revenge. Yep. Um, and that whole story. So those are the two for me, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. Awesome. Mm. Well, let's jump back into a little bit of music before we get yep. to your final film this evening. Don't forget, if you are near your phone, near your computer, look up Adelaide Horror Podcast, follow now or you are missing out. This is DVG. It's been like this the whole time. Deacon on dishes and it still hasn't moved in five years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Not a I know. flat meeting about how cool you are. When you get three vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. Viago was an 18th century dandy. Dude, a ghost? 
Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. Deacon's like the young bad boy of the group. I'm supposed to pay rent, but I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. I'm coming to the bar. Please. Will you invite us in? We need some fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. My friend Rich is a bouncer. He'll invite us in. Gentlemen, you are most welcome. <laughs> Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Vampire! Vampire! Such a dick. Nick, oh. why don't you use the front door? You want to draw attention to this house, hmm? We've got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunter into our I don't house. Wait a minute, I just got my email. He doesn't. Yes. Kill you! I'm already dead! Vampire, you become very sexy. The creative minds behind Flight of the Concords. We've got Tiger Watihi as well as Jermaine Clement. This film is incredible. I must say, you've got many messages this evening from listeners. We oh, just geez. received another one from oh, Bill Massage awesome. saying this is a top tier pick and also nice. that the television is great, yes. which you were just saying off air. Yes. So you've chosen. From 2014, your final choice for this evening, What We Do in the Shadows. Tell me all about it. Well, as you could hear, I was actually giggling through the trailer again because this movie just makes me crack up every time. Like, I could have a really bad day and, and you put this on and just I'm laughing the moment it starts. Um, very, this again, this was a kind of a shock to me when it came out. I wasn't really expecting it. I thought, oh, what's this about? And, and uh, checked it out and absolutely fell in love with it. It is the perfect horror comedy uh about vampires this time and yeah it's just really well done really well done it really is so tell me about the tv show yeah so the tv show um pretty much it's set in america and uh it's got guamo uh who's the mexican uh guy that is the um what's the term for it the i'm blanking on the name that looks after the vampires oh the ghoul uh, no, no, the um, familiar. Familiar, that's it. Thank you. Uh, so that's him, and he follows um, uh, his master around, and and it's just for, it goes for three seasons. There's an LNG vampire, um, and yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Like all the all the different every every episode, there's something really bizarre that goes on, and it's amazing this thing's gone on for three years. Like what they come up with, very creatively written, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away. You have to go and check this thing out. I've it's always really meant good. to get into it because I'm such yeah. a huge fan of Matt Berry. I think he's one of the mm. funniest people. Mm. Um, how did you find this movie? Is it were you because uh, um, Tiger had done uh, Shark versus Eagle or whatever it was? I had no idea about him. All I knew was Flight of the Concords. That's yep. yep. So that's um my understanding uh, of that kind of comedy. And then I was just, yeah, just randomly at the video shop and this came up and I thought, what is this? This looks hilarious. And uh, yeah, immediately 
my the the Nosferatu guy pulling pulling that character drew me in. I thought, what is this about? Like these guys are living with a vampire. Like what what's going on? So checked it out. Wasn't disappointed. Like yeah. So if you haven't seen it, definitely recommend this. Will this is a really good comedy. Well, really well written. Nah, that is really awesome of you. What a what a list, man. Honestly, yeah. that is yeah. awfully close to my own personal list. If That's I was cool. to ever make one. Yep. Um. Awesome. Awesome. Tell everyone where they can check you out one more time this evening. Yeah, sure. Um, so Adelaide Horror Podcast uh, on the Facebook group. Uh, there's a YouTube channel uh, and also on Instagram as well. And I just started TikTok. So, yeah, that's like a grandpa on TikTok. But, yeah, just, just go on to the Instagram if you want to contact me uh, on there. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, what do you got coming up with the Adelaide Horror Podcast? Do you have some movies locked in? What are you thinking of Yes. Doing? So, the next episode is film novel adaptation. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be looking at Books of Blood that was currently on Hulu um, from Clive Barker. So, I'm going to be doing a review on that. Yeah, right. Hmm. Awesome. Mate, thank you so much for joining us. We are all out of time. That's mm-hmm. two hours. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yep. I'd love for you to come back anytime you want. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Don't forget, join in next week from 8pm for Dave's Video Graveyard. Krez is in the studio coming up very shortly. You're going to be enjoying some Emerald Tower. As always, you are listening to 100.5 Wow FM. Zombie Joe, follow him on all your socials. This is DVG.